When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal. We welcome in the Iron Horse. We say hi to Gary Sharp. And Sharpie, big recruiting weekend. Uh, a lot of NFL action that gets rolling, too. And, of course, it's been the Matt Rule uh, United States Tour this week. How's, how's your week been, Gary? Good, good. I was just talking to Elijah. Uh, we have to we we have to remember that tomorrow morning we have the World Cup. So this is like today is the best day of college basketball. This is the best day of the regular season. We have five games. The teams are in the top sixteen. We got three NFL games, including a game in Buffalo where you can't see the stadium right now. Not because uh, it's cloudy, but because it is snowing. Uh, you've got all these bowl games. This is a great, great day. Oh, by the way, all of us, you know, are going to stop at Phillips sixty six and fill up our our. Uh, our car with gas, and then we're going to go and watch Doug Bell on the halftime show, and then we're going to go watch Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas State, and Kansas City. I mean, <laughs> it's a perfect day. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Good oh my work. goodness! Bringing back Doug the, Bell reference. <laughs> yeah, bringing back the big. We got what was that? The Big Eight Network, Big Twelve Network. That's a Raycom. It was Raycom. Raycom. Raycom <laughs> Sports. Yeah, tonight's tonight's game is on what Big Twelve now, which is part of the ESPN Plus family. So if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch. Nebraska K State tonight. We'll, we'll get to hoops in a little bit, but uh, Gary, real quick, since you have covered the Metro extensively, done the game of the week on Cox for for years now, you've seen Gretna multiple times. I can't think of a more sort of under the radar Power Five caliber recruit in recent years than Mason Goldman at Gretna. It just feels like he doesn't get very much coverage, very much notoriety, but he's got offers from K-State, from Kansas, from Nebraska, from Missouri. He's visiting Nebraska this weekend. When I see him on film, and you've seen him up close, what I see is a Zadiska, I'm not saying he's going to be an All-American, but a Zadiska-like prospect where he's lighter um, but moves really well, as opposed to maybe a Brant Banks or uh, or a Ben Art type who's just massive. This guy's not massive, but man, they they put him out in space quite a bit, and he targets DBs, linebackers with relative ease. What what did you see whenever you watch Gretna? Well, I'll give you another. I'll give you a, a, a different comp because he can play both sides of the ball. Is Baker Steincooler? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you know, and we know what happened. If Steincooler would have been would have they would have just came an offensive line, he might still be cashing checks in the NFL. I mean, he's doing pretty well for himself right now. But I, I look at him. You know why he didn't get recognized? He really didn't come on until the latter part of his junior year. 
Um, and they were so talented their state championship year two years ago, and they were talented this past year as well. But he didn't come on until late. And then he's on a team that's got a bunch of really good players, but his stock continued to, to grow, and it just took one offer. Now, him on an official visit, and he is, he's a vicious guy in space, as you alluded to, Mark. And I love his feet, and I love his punch. And, you know, it's going to be a question because he, I think he's an offensive lineman. But Nebraska needs defensive linemen. So where are they going to put him yeah. if they get him? And if they get him, guys, that is a come-from-behind win. Because I thought for the longest time that he was going to Kansas State. Because Kansas State has really, really worked on him. But Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield have fallen in love with Gretna. And why not? You know, the, the previous staff got Corver Demma to announce that he's going to walk on. And I think that's a great pickup because I think he's a really good football player. But they've worked hard on Mason Goldman. And I, I think they're going to get... They're going to get the result this weekend, and that's going to be a really, really good in-state pickup. Now, Gary, the, the staff is focused a lot on guys that have some sort of, you know, freakish athletic trait, whether it be running a, a 10, 500-meter dash or a 42-inch vertical jump. But it feels like a lot of these guys have had something like that where they have an athletic trait that is just an outlier type thing. Does Mason Goldman have any of that, or is he just a really, really good football player? He's a really good football player that looks like a couple other maulers that they have in this class. Like, I am enamored with Riley Van Poppel. I think Riley Van Poppel's got a chance to be a really good Big Ten defensive lineman. I think Maverick Noonan could be in that uh, category. I think Mason Goldman is the same way. You can tell that Mason Goldman at Gretna has been coached really well by an offensive line coach and a defensive line coach because technically he is very, very sound where his first step is, um, you know, where his first punch is. And he's played in an offense, actually, that I think on the offensive side of the ball has really helped him because they do throw the ball. And they also run it a fair amount. So you can see him plenty of times on film and pass pro or run blocking. Gary Sharp with us here, weekend edition, Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And Gary, uh, it, I want to go, I should say, stay in the, in the Metro. And uh, let's talk here about uh, Lloyd and uh, his announcement and in, in if, if it is Nebraska, his his fit again another another track guy that that Rule really likes, and there's that common commonality of transitioning or transferring the, the track athleticism to that football speed. Yeah, and, and there's so there's a lot of these guys. I think with Jalen, so people know him for his track prowess, and he played football at Central, but you know Central wasn't great. So you didn't pay as much attention to central football. So he goes to Westside, and of course Westside wins the state championship, and he has a monster year. And so you're like, wide receiver, wide receiver. And I think he's very talented wide receiver, and you know, depending on who is going and staying and what happens, that room is thin as well. But he strikes me as a guy, guys, that he's got speed, he's got athleticism, and don't forget, he also played defensive back at Westside. So are they recruiting him as a wide receiver or a DB or are they recruiting him as an athlete, which I think they're doing with some other guys, and saying, we're going to get a look at you, and then we're going to decide where to place you because that's what we've done. You know, I look at Malik Hornsby, the quarterback from Arkansas that's on campus. Okay, he wants to play quarterback. Well, he's not better than Casey Thompson, and he can't throw the football. But he's got incredible speed. Is he a wildcat quarterback? Is he a wide receiver that gets to have a quarterback package? I think Jalen Lloyd fits into that, that – Jalen Lloyd could actually play on either side of the ball, whatever they decide, but they all have this profile, which I think is very intriguing because we haven't really done, done those kind of recruits around here, probably back to the T.O. days, 
where you had just athletes and plenty of athletes, and they decided what side of the ball they were going to be on and who was going to win that battle, Charlie McBride or Tom Osborne. <laughs> I know who won it most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. But you know what, though? I mean, it makes a, a lot of sense to – to just go get a, a football guy that has some some impressive skill sets and then just see where they fit. And that's kind of been the ongoing theme, Gary, is just that rule fit. Do you fit his uh, personality type? Do you fit his ath- athletic type? And then do you fit into uh, what, what he wants to do on the football field? And and uh, his, his track record's been pretty good with uh, – whether you've got a, a ton of hub, ton of hype around you or not, uh, he uh, he's a good evaluator. Yeah, it's gonna you know guys, I think it's gonna take a little bit for us to get adjusted to Matt Rule's recruiting because we spend a lot of time on recruiting around here. We look a lot at the recruiting rankings and we all say there's no reason that Nebraska shouldn't be inside of that that 25 to 20, uh, at least top 30, maybe into 15 to 20 on a regular basis. Well. Matt Rule, with who he's approaching, at least for the first couple of years, Nebraska may be more like in the 40s and 50s, and I'm not saying they will, but if they are, we're going to have to adjust how we look at recruiting rankings because that's what Matt Rule wants to do. Now, I still think you can supplement and you can go and you can win some big battles, but they definitely have a profile, and they're pretty uber-confident that they can take guys like Bryce Turner, like Jalen Lloyd, if they get a commitment today out of him, other players like that, and they can, they can find a spot for them on the field. But I also, I also wonder, you know, some of these guys aren't even ranked. Like Eric Fields from Oklahoma. All of a sudden, Nebraska's on him, and you're like, how come this guy isn't ranked higher? Do recruiting services with a Matt Rule recruiting at Nebraska adjust their rankings when Nebraska gets onto a guy because Nebraska is seeing something, and eventually they'll have a track record of developing. The recruiting services are like, well, the Nebraska bump is back. If Matt Rule is recruiting this guy and we have him as a two-star, we got to bump him to a three-star. I wonder if that'll happen. But I, I think we're going to have to, as this rolls along, I think we're going to have to adjust how we, how we look at Nebraska's recruiting going, oh, geez, they're in the 40s, until we see something on the field that, oh, a 40-ranked recruiting class actually is working at Nebraska. Well, well, Gary, I think the the mold is that that Bo Pelini or even Tom Osborne style, where you're elevating three star guys, some under recruited guys, into something better by by noticing traits within them and trying to build on that. But then occasionally mixing in the crown jewel, and that's where I want to go here in terms of crown jewels, a four five star <laughs> type guy. Are you seeing smoke atop Mount Dylan Riola this week, as a lot of fans are? Well, I asked the question, and and, and you should never stop recruiting him. And you have a new round of people that are recruiting him. And uncle is still here. Dad still has a connection to Nebraska and still likes Nebraska. And now we'll get to know a new head coach. Is why would he come to school at Nebraska? That's what I ask. And I'm not being snarky, guys. And you guys can answer. Mm-hmm. Why would he come to school at Nebraska and not Ohio State, where they just picked up a five-star receiver for 24? And you know what the past Ohio State quarterbacks have done. I'm not saying that Nebraska – you know, it has no shot. They may have a, a little bit of a shot, but I just wonder right now why he would come to Nebraska outside of his family connection. That's yeah. that's it. You answered it. If he comes to Nebraska, it's because of the family connection too. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, be the quarterback that, that flips the script that uh, 
uh, savior type mentality. Okay, here's a quarterback to to completely change Nebraska and and go do things that haven't been done in, well, and, in, in way too long. That's those 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 are your answers. And it could also be a case of what we say about kids around Nebraska. They grow up watching the Huskers, and sometimes that can be a huge factor in recruitment, saying, you know what, I want to go to the place that I grew up watching. Yeah, it, and it, here, it, here's another thing. If you've watched him play this year, he didn't have a very good junior year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he struggled a little bit this year, and that's not saying Ohio State has backed off on him. I also don't – you know, I've never heard anybody publicly say – you know, either either somebody from Ohio State or or Dylan Raiola say, well, we're only going to take him as a quarterback. You know, they got the they flipped a quarterback from Washington. I think everybody should take a, a quarterback every single year. I don't know. It's an interesting recruitment because it's kind of like Nebraska has to hit the reset button after the ball was dropped in recruiting him initially, where I thought they had a fairly good chance. Um, but I, you know, it's I, I think you got to buckle up because this could be a wild ride. And just not read into everything that he does, because remember he's a what sixteen, seventeen year old kid. Hey Gary, I'm curious if you've heard about you know we we're talking about family connections. Just real quick about Nebraska connections. It doesn't appear that there's going to be um, a lot of Nebraska connections on the full time, you know, ten assistant coach staff or the the full time coaching staff. But what about guys like Kenny Wilhite? Is he still in the fold? And then how about Mike Williams, Keith Williams? former Huskers that appear to have some sort of graduate assistant type role. Um, in, in terms of sort of the Nebraska holdovers with Nebraska ties, what, what do you think about rules approach here? And then specifically Kenny Wilhite, what have you heard there? Well, I, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't talked to Kenny in a while. Um, he's a huge asset in those walls. Um, I know Keith Williams is still there because Keith Williams for a bit was out recruiting um, because they were short on staff. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I know I know some folks in the recruiting office, and it's been kind of a weird transition because a lot of the coaches haven't even been in the office more than a couple of days because they've been on the road. So you know, everything's kind of flying you know by the seat of your pants right now as you, as they come home and they do two recruiting weekends. You know, things are changing with their schedule. Um, but I don't know for sure, Mark, um, what that room is going to look like. Um, but I, I, I think I would. It would be unfortunate if Kenny wasn't kept around because here's the thing. Not only is he a former Husker, good guy, friend of mine, so I'm going to be biased, but I think he's done a really good job of getting to know the in-state prospects and the in-state coaches and facilitating that, whether it be the walk-on program or directing coaches towards uh, in-state you know, products that, hey, you should be looking at. So I-, I hope that he is retained, but I don't know for sure, but I haven't heard otherwise. Okay. Gary Sharps with us here, weekend edition of Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Sharp, you're going to flip over to uh, to basketball here, and uh, you look at Nebraska. What a week it was! Oh, oh, you know, last week with the the teams they faced that were ranked. Now you have a week off, and you're trying to regroup. Uh, K State's pretty good ball club. I mean, they're they're uh, they're nine and one, and uh, it's going to be like old times here. We just need. Uh, to, to bump into to Johnny Orr and, and Danny E while we're done. <laughs> well, let me first say, I apologize to Elijah because we were talking Purdue last week, and I said they had no shot. And they, they proved to me that this Nebraska team is different because they don't break down mentally. And they, they play well enough defensively that you're going to keep yourself in a game, and that's a game that they, they could, have, could have won. I mean, you're better at free-throw shooting. Um, you get a flurry of shots at the end of the game to fall. So, Elijah, my apologies. Uh, I said they'd have no chance. And, of course, they almost won the basketball game. 
Kansas State is pretty good. Um, Kansas State, here's the thing with Kansas State. You know, Bruce Weber, and you're, you're always in the shadow of KU, but Kansas State basketball has this incredible history. But they've kind of meandered through some, some poor coaching hires, and Bruce Weber has had bits and pieces where he's been really good. Well, you make the change, which was not easy in Manhattan because, you know, Coach Weber is, uh, you know, he's attached to that program. He's a face in the community. But they decided we got to be better at basketball because KU is starting to, to – that gap is starting to grow. And so they went and hired us somebody off the Scott Drew coaching tree, and that has turned out to be pretty good. And they went out and they used the portal, and they had some good players already in the program. They're long. They get after it. I mean, Nebraska handling the basketball tonight, they're going to have to be really, really good. Sam Grease is going to have to make good decisions because K-State will get up on you, and they will touch you on every possession. And so you have to be used to that. But, I, you know, if, if you tell me Nebraska is going to have to play a 65-62 grinded-out game, in the past I'd be like, not a chance. But that's a credit to Fred. They've changed. The mentality has changed. Guys have bought in to that end of the floor. And so I think they can play in games like that. this. But Kansas State is really good. If, if you get this win tonight, that is a, that's a good win on your, uh, your uh, non-con schedule. And, and guys – it's not a must-win game, but if you have Purdue last week and you, you kind of tease people and you look ahead what the schedule looks like, man, tonight's pretty important in Kansas City, I think, for Nebraska. We can't keep saying they're competitive. You, you have to have some validation with wins. Totally agree. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, have yourself a weekend, and uh, thanks for always jumping on with us here. And uh, I think we're planning on a – uh, a show next Saturday. We'll be in touch if, if you're available or not, but if uh, we move forward, uh, make sure Santa finds you, all right? Well, I appreciate it, and uh, kudos to uh, you and Elijah for all the Mike Leach stuff. I know uh, how, uh, how how much of a relationship you had built with the uh, Pirate. College football lost, uh, you know, not only somebody that was innovative on the field, but was himself on the, off the field, and Mike Leach was certainly one of one. So great stuff, guys. Hey, appreciate you, Sharpie. Thank you so much, bud. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. There he is, Gary Sharp. Cranack, we'll, uh, we got who's behind you? <laughs> That's a little tea money. That's, That's good. I money. love that. He's like, yeah. hurry up, Dad. Let's go get some breakfast. So uh, <laughs> we'll let you do that. We'll be back at you on Monday. Cranack, you be good. Elijah, you thanks will. for everything, man. Appreciate you. And so we'll wind it down and talk to you on Monday with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency.